Nick, since we last recorded, I had a birthday. You and did. You were there, and I didn't know you were going to be there. I was. I really lied. You really lied to me. <laughs> a lot. You, a lot of people lied to me. That we seems did. to be a pattern these last few. Well, actually, no. Last year wasn't really. Oh, there was one person that showed up. That was a surprise. But yeah, they were a surprise to me too. It was Ryan, and I was in the bathroom, and I was like, I think that's Ryan DeVillier from episode yes. four. Yes, but you and Lauren from episode, I don't know what number. She was tw- 32. Okay, I think we're getting to so many that you're That I'm to starting forget. to forget. Wow. No, I, this is bad. Wow. This is not good. Like we said 32, episode, it's 32. We're in our 40s. Yes, it's 32. <laughs> You and my friend Gordon and Lauren and Maraid helped plan it all, and it was a good time. Thank you. I Why hasn't that. Gordon been on here yet? I don't know. I don't he know. He needs to listen first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last weekend, he literally goes, I have to admit, I've never listened to a single episode of your podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. He's like, I appreciate that. I appreciate the honesty, really. Yes. Um, I, I wanted to let you know that you left something behind. I One of the birthday gifts that I received was a, a nice new Loyola backpack. It was just a backpack that has like a little greyhound on it. And okay. I uh, opened up one of the pouches and my mom packed up the house because I had to leave early. And so she packed up the house and put some stuff that she thought belonged to me in, my, in, in that backpack. And... Um, a pair of your underwear. <laughs> no, it's, I don't think that's. Wait, Are wait, wait. Sure? No, no, no. It's not the no, no. blue one that we didn't know. That's actually... really hot. Well, I. That's really funny that you say that. We're totally keeping this in. I. <laughs> um. That was my check-in too. Was the mysterious pair of underwear no, that but was. That's not my check-in. I have more to mine. And okay. Actually, I'm gonna let you go, and then I'll continue with mine. But I don't know if it's mine. It might be, but. I found, I am very, this was like the biggest mystery and nobody could tell me what it was. There was, I came up to the room that I was staying in and there was underwear, like <laughs> blue with like a neon strap, I guess, um, like waistband on my stuff. And I was like, it or near my stuff. And I was like, this isn't mine. Like, oh, it must be like, I don't know, someone else. Cause there were three of us or four of us in that room and no one claimed it. And I was like, oh. Okay, well, it's not mine. Like, first of all, these are way too small. Second of all, they're not American Eagle, so I know they're not mine. And I didn't pack these. And they weren't in my bag. Like, they were just, like, near my stuff. And I was like, whose are these? And they weren't there the first night, which is even more concerning. I was like, whose underwear are these? Um, And we were like, is it one of the girls? But it looked like boys. That's why I was like... It was totally... Like, and- it was a boy underwear. Yeah, but, like, not even, like, men's, which was even weirder, because I was like, I don't know who was in this room, (laughs) but if any of Justin's, like, family members or friends that have stayed in that house are missing a blue pair of, like, underwear (laughs) with a neon yellow slash green waistband, they have it in that room. (laughs) With mine or maybe not mine. But I think shorts... You have a gray pair of shorts, I think, in the backpack, too. The backpack is behind me. So. I don't have gray, though. Through gray shorts? Okay. Then who's, whose shorts who's, are... Who's losing oh, clothes? Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant underwear. No, those shorts no. are mine. Okay. I, I'm, I was missing those. I was trying to put an outfit together. I'm, okay. I don't even... So. I mean, I want the shorts back, obviously, but I'm more concerned about this pair of underwear <laughs> that no one knows whose it is. Yeah, well... We'll have to figure that out. I actually think it's my cousin Jackson's because I think he came over to my house and I don't know. That anyway. Long story I just, short, but I just like how did it they came out like on night two? Like who found them? Like were they under the bed? <laughs> they might have been like, under your bed. That's what I'm thinking. But because I don't know. it just looked weird because I was like, I feel like people think I'm lying, but like A, these are way too small and B, they're just not mine. Like I don't like if they were mine I would claim them. Right. It'd be weird if people were, like, not claiming their... That's what I was saying. It's not that. I was like, who's... Yeah, it's weird. Right? No, I totally... Like, my underwear was literally on the floor. So I was like, you can see this is mine. These are not mine. I don't know. Because it was a big... um, It was a big event. That's Um, my check-in. That's your check-in. Well, I have more to my check-in. So, Nick, you saw... When my family... And actually, our guest was there. We... My mom bought this kind of a plat i don't know what you'd call it like a, a sheet it was like a, it was a slip and slide but it was just more of like a blue sheet so the way our backyard is 
in in Rhode Island is it's got a slope, and so my mom bought this water slide, um, which really I guess was just a big blue sheet that they called a water slide, and mm -hmm. that's what we used to entertain the the little kids who were there, both for last weekend's uh, celebration, which was on my birthday, which was my mom's side of the family, and this past Saturday's celebration on my dad's side for my birthday so basically this entire week was like a big birthday celebration which was kind of nice um but yeah you saw people go down it right nick like you saw my cousins and you saw ashley's ashley's boyfriend we're gonna have ashley and her boyfriend on here at some point but yes i did see the slide i was there for it i remember thinking i would get hurt on that well guess what what i broke my foot on it <gasps> what the no <laughs> that's my big cold open are you kidding me i broke my foot uh when did you find this out <laughs> did I've, you go so, into you went to baltimore after no 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 so i broke it on saturday when we set it up for my dad's side of the family uh, most re like this saturday this past saturday oh my god i'm so sorry that's horrible <laughs> I'm like, you're laughing, and now I'm laughing just because, like, I was not expecting I, that to see crutches. I know you weren't. And I was like, when I texted you and Dan, I was like, I have some big news. That sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought your big news was about underwear. And I was like, same. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, we have the same, the wow. same intro. No, yeah, I broke my foot on the Are you? Slide. Is everything okay? I, yeah, no, everything's fine. I basically just slid down it on my butt. And I went to, so like I said, it's on a slope, it's on a hill, and I just really caught speed. And the first time I went down it on Saturday, I was on my butt and I slid down and then I like was able to like somehow smoothly like stand up and then just like run the rest of the momentum off mm -hmm. on the flat part of the yard. Well, the second time I tried doing that and I, I slid down and instead of being able to catch myself and start running, my entire body weight rolled on top of and over oh. my foot <laughs> and yeah. so i heard something i don't know if it, i don't describe it if it was like a pop or a snap or a something but i'm glad that you're good with this um <laughs> <laughs> your face is just like you um but yeah so i was walking around that happened on saturday i was walking around. I, I immediately started limping because i was in pain Right. But I wasn't, it didn't hurt that much. I, and I've never broken a bone before. So I was like, oh, I think it's fine. I was just walking around. I showered. I spent the rest of the day just elevating it and icing it. And then uh, Sunday rolled around and I was, I was still fine. Um, it was still, it still hurt me. And I was like, it, it doesn't feel, I don't, again, I don't know what a broken bone feels like, but it just felt, I could still put weight on it. It just hurt a little bit. And so eventually I decided mm, I should probably go to get it checked out just in case it is broken. And so then last night I went to the ER and they did an x-ray and I have a fracture on what's called my fourth metatarsal. So God, I love the fourth metatarsal. It's, it's better than that... the first, second, and third. Is it? Is no, that like, know, I'm, I'm not a medical a person. No, I'm okay. just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sucks. So can you like, are, you're on, this is now two friends that are using mobility aids because of ankle slash foot issues is claire also yeah well she's 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 now weight bearing but she was she was on a scooter for a while and then she had a peg leg oh one of those things yeah that, she yeah, hated yeah. it <laughs> she said she did not like it she used it for five minutes um my dad had that when he ruptured his achilles but yeah so I, I i have an appointment with an um, orthopedist on Thursday where I think I'll learn more about the timeline of the healing and stuff but mm. that um, yeah so far I, I mean I don't have a cast so that's how I know it's not a severe break yeah they, they just wrapped it in an ace bandage and put me in what's called a post-op shoe which is this again really it's a really it's just think of a less sexy Birkenstock is what this looks like <laughs> love that for you um yeah, so, and then I'm on crutches, and let me tell you, I've used crutches just, like, someone else's crutches, just as a joke, like, look at me, woo, I'm, mm -hmm. I don't know, launching myself over like this, but once you have to rely on them, it really sucks. Yeah. I don't know if you've had to use them, or... No. No. No, I can just imagine. I haven't broken a bone yet, but I literally looked at Lauren, and I was like, someone's gonna get hurt, and I really don't <laughs> want to be here to see it. <laughs> it was me! I was the one that got hurt. 
Well, I don't like that. I didn't want anyone so. to get hurt, but <laughs> I'm glad you're at least getting around and it's not too serious. Yeah, the the actual injury itself is not very painful. It's just more of a nuisance because in other news, I accepted a job offer and so Woo! I start my job September 12th, mm. which is again more than a month away, but No, that's I... good. Enjoy it. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm just hoping I'm more healed because I don't want to be starting your job on crutches. King of being more healed. Speaking of, of jobs, this is our third episode in our little trilogy. We have uh, talking about work and applying for jobs and the job application process and the interview process. And as promised, we are welcoming uh, my wonderful cousin Courtney here to this episode, who I'll bring in in just a moment. Um, we've we've talked about uh, what she I've talked I've teased a little bit about what she does. She can definitely talk a little bit more. I've described it as the hire, she handles the hiring and the firing. Um, maybe that's wrong. Um, but anyway, I feel like now's a good time to bring her in. She was also there uh, for the first iteration of the water slide, not when I hurt myself, but uh, mm. we just finished uh, Family Beach Week, uh, which was great. And as you can see, Courtney, I still have the shirt on. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's bring in Courtney LaRusso, my cousin. She is a human resources manager at her company. Uh, please welcome Courtney. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm excited for this. I love having guests. <laughs> Courtney loves social media too, so she can definitely, you know, we can we can boost this episode's popularity just yes. by having her on it. I mean, we not even just that. her social media, but her popularity and stuff too. We love yeah. that because we love guests. We especially love guests that promote. We're a big fan of them. All right, I'm on it. I'm a big fan of them. Um, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good. Justin's a little broken. <laughs> <laughs> this was news to her, too. She didn't know this. Okay, so you were I'm also shocked. in the... I'm shocked that it hasn't made its way to me yet, honestly, in the family <laughs> group chat. I also am shocked. We have this... We have this thing, Nick, in our family. I'm sure your family, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before, but we call it, uh, my mom's maiden name is Martin's. And so we call it Martin's Express that once something big happens in the family that everyone on that side of the family knows within the hour because just the way news travels. Yeah. And exactly. I'm surprised that no one, my mom didn't. I know, I'm, I'm going to have to call my mom as soon as I get off and yell at her. Because you would Martin's think. Martin's Express is broken. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> you would think that your mom would know. I would think I your know. mom and to ask her. Auntie Linda would know. I don't know. Otherwise, I'm going to have to spread the Martins and news. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for being here, Courtney, um, especially at the end of a work day. Now we're asking you to put in more hours um, talking about work. But yeah, we're really grateful you're here. And I think this is a great way to, this conversation would be a great way to kind of cap off our three episode. Um, Nick, are you doing your B-reel or something? What's happening? Yes, I am. I was oh. just going to announce it to you guys. <laughs> I I've always said I wanted B-reel to go off during the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I should wait. I don't know if that'd be real. But anyway, yeah, we're so grateful you're here. But I if you've heard any of our episodes with a guest before, and I think I warned you last week that this would be the first question that we ask you, um, there's a question that we ask each one of our guests, and you know the origin story because this has been a joke that we we make with my brother after he was asked this question in an interview. But if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? Do you remember the origin of this? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember it. Um, and I believe he was a watermelon. He was a watermelon. Correctly. Yes. Um, so I would say I would be a pineapple. 
because um, I believe you stand tall, wear a crown, and be sweet on the inside. I love that answer. <laughs> Again, I like that answer more than my own reasoning, which I need to come up with my own reasoning for that. I, too, am a pineapple. I said that I was a pineapple, but I just said because I like summer. It's a summer fruit, and it's unique <laughs> looking, and I'm unique looking. But I like that answer a lot. That is a Stand great... tall, wear a crown, and be sweet on the inside. I That's love a that. pineapple. <laughs> I love that. And on top of that, so we've had some other people say pineapple, and not to, like, you know, be this way, but you just blew all of them out of the water with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, because I'm competitive, so I like that I'm the number one pineapple answer. Thank you. Me too. I guess for people who don't know what, um, you know, so I think everyone to an extent knows what HR does for their company or for a company that they're applying for. But I guess to start this conversation off, can you explain a little bit more what um, your role as a human resource manager, um, what they do on a day to day, as well as what human resources does, uh, at least within your company from your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got into human resources right out of college. I've been doing this for about uh, six or seven years now. Oh gosh, that seems so long. Um, <laughs> and um, so as you kind of mentioned before, I think what most people think of when they think of human resources is hiring and firing. Um, but what I like to say is there's so much in between and that's really what my day-to-day -day is. There's a good portion of my day, you know, that is hiring, especially right now. Um, the market, job market is just crazy. And so um, there is a high turnover, unfortunately, which leads to a lot of hiring. Um, firing, thankfully, I actually don't do that much of um, because typically I'm ahead of it and doing it in that everything in between. Um, so when I talk about everything in between, I'm doing the um, their onboarding experience. So making sure that their first day, their first week, their first month, 90 days, and even through their first year is a positive experience and that they're getting acclimated to whatever brand that they're working for. Um, so that's a big piece of my role, um, as well as developing employees. So now we're past that one year. Um, with the company and now how are we continuing to develop our employees so that they continue to grow and aren't just entry-level employees for the remainder of their employee life cycle at our company. Um, so making sure that they have the tools to be successful, that they're always learning and developing. Um, and then on an annual basis, working with our compensation team to make sure that we're doing performance reviews and where compensating our employees appropriately so that, um, you know, they don't want to go look someplace else because they're being compensated accordingly internally. Um, I also dabble in a little bit of benefits and leave of absence. So benefits, again, is partnered very closely with compensation. So um, we call it the total rewards package, which is not just what your salary is and what your paycheck is, but also what are the benefits that the company gives? Are they strong benefits? When you go to the doctor, do you have to pay um, an absurd amount of money out of pocket or is there a lot of coverage with your insurance? Um, so that's kind of the benefit side of things. Um, and then leave of absence. So when an employee needs to take time out of work for an extended period of time, 
Um, I work closely. I, I've done it myself, but in my current role, I partner with our leave of absence manager and make sure that, um, you know, I, I'm coming from an unbiased perspective of making sure that our employees are taking the time that they need in order to, it's typically for a medical reason, so in order to be healthy and come back to work, but also protecting our business and knowing that, you know, that person has a job for a reason. And sometimes, unfortunately, if they can't come back to work in time, we have to fill that role because we need to get the job done at the end of the day. So I, I kind of come in and balance that out um, for our employees. So that's a little bit of kind of that in between, uh, but it's a lot. And we say all the time, we could write a book in HR, the things that come across our desks. Um, and every day is different. It's really hard for me to say, well, this is what I do from a day-to-day -day basis because what I think I'm going to do one morning, by the end of the day, I probably did none of it because whatever happened that day and has come across uh, my desk is, you know, what became the priority at that point in time. Cool. Um, I have a question about, so given that you said, you know, it's hiring, firing, but the the meat of it is ev all, everything in between. Mm -hmm. I want to ask the my hiring question first, just okay. because it's you know it's the beginning, I guess, of the cycle that you mentioned. Um, do you well? First of all, do you uh, conduct interviews, or do you do more of like the um, like does the does the supervisor do the interview? I guess. Yeah. Good question. So. Um, I typically will do the initial intake call. So I'll do a phone screen with um, the candidate to kind of vet through. I've at that point already had a conversation with the hiring manager to understand what exactly they are looking for so that I can vet through the employees or not the employees, the candidates um, to make sure that I'm passing along the best candidate for them. Um, as well as keeping in mind the best candidate experience. So I don't want to pass someone along that I don't think is going to be a good fit for the role because I don't want to waste anyone's time. I don't want to waste the candidate's time and I don't want to waste the hiring manager's time. Um, so I typically do the initial intake calls. And when I do an initial intake call, like I said, I, I have an idea of competencies that the hiring manager is looking for, but then I also go through I have this list of like 10 questions and depending on how often, if I'm in a hiring ebbs and flows. So there's some days where, or some months where I'm hiring every single day. And then there's like some months where it's kind of slow and I don't really hire. So if I'm in a high point of my hiring, I typically don't need any sort of notes. I know exactly what I'm asking because I'm doing it five times a day, five days a week. Uh, but then it's like goes in the back of my head and I have to bring out my notes on uh, later on slower months to make sure that I have all my questions that I want to ask. But we're typically um, pretty general demographic questions or not so demographic, not the right word, but um, you know, understanding the candidate themselves. What are they looking for? Why are they interested in a role with the company that I'm hiring for? Do they have any expectations that we should be aware of, whether it's, um, you know, work-life expectations, compensation expectations, um, management expectations, really try to understand so that I can see if it's a good fit or not. I typically don't get into the technical aspects of the job in that initial phone screen, because I don't do that job or manage that job on a day-to-day -day basis. So I like to save that for the hiring manager because they're typically able to answer those questions much better. That sounds like that's best, definitely best practice because just from the recent you know, application process, interviewing process that I went through, I told on a previous episode that the first communication that I got from a company was either from a recruiter or, or maybe sometimes it wasn't clear and they would say, okay, let's have a, f a phone interview. Mm -hmm. And I was, I went into those phone interviews a lot of time prepared for like, you know, meet and potatoes questions about like, 
how would you perform in this job, blah, blah. But then a lot of times I was met with, like, say, someone in your role. I don't know if you'd call yourself a recruiter in that point or just an HR representative or um, or whatnot. And it was a lot of questions of um, what are your goals um, I think they were one of them actually explicitly said they're just vetting to see there were a couple of openings in the company. So they wanted mm-hmm. to see um, just at least looking at my resume, make sure I wasn't overqualified for a job mm-hmm. when there was another one that might better fit uh, suit me or better fit me. Um, so I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Nick, I think you had a question that. Yes. So I well, first, I should say that that was my hiring experience as well. I had a phone um, interview, I guess, but it wasn't really an I forget the word you used, but with the HR manager. um, Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of vetting and just understanding what I was looking for and kind Mm -hmm. of sharing a little bit about what the company was looking for. And then I got passed on to the um, my supervisor and her supervisor who interviewed me and I came in and had a in-person interview but my question was could you talk a little bit more about how you mentioned the if not just if they're like qualified for the job but also if they're right for the experience of that job just because I think it would be cool to hear that like from the office so we talked about that a little bit from the um interviewees perspective but maybe the interviewer even though like you said um you're not necessarily in the actual job interview but yeah, are you talking like the experience level and like trying to identify if you're a match for the job from yes, a yes, that's standpoint? what I mean, like the match. Yes. Yeah. So, um, in at this point in the interview, um, I'm typically like I had said, I'm not asking specific questions, but I'm asking competency based questions. So, trying to um, for example, like understand if you have a skill set in order to 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 perform these roles. So I'll ask a lot of behavioral based questions. Um, and what I mean by a behavioral based question is the interviewee cannot just say yes or no. There has to be some explanation. So mm. I'm kind of going off the cuff here, but give me an example of a time where you, your manager told you to do something and you completely disagreed with it. How did you overcome going against something that you didn't agree with? So that's an example of the interviewee can't say, I can't. Yes. It wouldn't, (laughs) that wouldn't answer the question. So I'm, I'm looking to see how they're answering. I'm looking to see, um, you know, what points they're bringing up. I'm also listening to how they're answering. Um, and, you know, even though I can't see them, you can, you can hear body language. Um, and so it's very, um, and different jobs have different body languages. So I hate to like stereotype, but like a very numbers and analytical driven position like an accounting position or a data analytics position, that person is probably not going to respond to my questions really high energy. They're probably not going to be like, oh my gosh, I love numbers. Numbers are the best. That's just not the type of personality that typically that position holds. So I wouldn't... Does this make sense now why I don't do recreational math? Because I (laughs) I am very much the person she described. So like I would never, I would never hold that against someone, but there's definitely, you know, typically you, when you're on the phone with someone, you want it to be a pleasant conversation. So you want to hear, hear their smile through talking to them. Um, But I I literally said that on the last episode. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I literally said you can hear smiles through the phone. You totally can. But I also know that that's not typical for everyone in specifically in certain jobs like you just after being in this industry for a while you you start to know like different groups of people and how they act and that's not just from a recruiting standpoint that's from being in a corporate position for many years and interacting with different departments different departments act different it it's a fact they are just it's just the way that their brains work. Um, I actually used to use this really cool 
um, recruiting tool at my last company. It was called the Predictive Index. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever taken it. I knew I took it in like college as well. Um, but basically what it does is as a hiring manager, you could basically draw out who your ideal candidate was. And then um, we would have all of our applicants take it as well as the team members. And you could kind of see how they would fall against what the ideal candidate was. And it, they had no idea who this ideal candidate was, but it was cool to see. And it again, it has to do with those competencies that are just part of who you are. It's like, you can't, you can't fight it. It just is who you are. So talk a little bit more about that. So to clarify, was it not necessarily like a personality test, but more so just kind of like what qualifications a candidate might have versus what qualifications are required for the position and who's already in that department? Yeah, so it, it's not necessarily skill. Like it's those okay. intrinsic pieces. So I, I don't like remember the exact specifics. I could look it up, but I don't, have you ever taken like strength finders, for example? Yes. You know what that is? It's yeah, yeah. similar to strength finders. It's just a different metric that they use. They ask you a bunch of questions and based off how you, you answer the algorithm puts together that these are your skill sets, same thing. So it's saying like they would be, um, one of them is like intrinsic, extrinsic, basically it's it's the things that you can't choose about yourself they just are you like that sure. it is what it is um and it's really cool even to just like it almost was like a horoscope in the sense where you would mm. it would then give you like a biography of what your results were and there's no such thing as a bad predictive index but it was really cool to read it and you were like they they cracked the secret code like that is me i want to take it now <laughs> the predictive index that's what it's called i will be taking that after justin we should both take it and and use it along with this episode like when we're promoting it yes um we can link it we can link it in the description bless you the, thank you thank in you. the description Hopefully, of this episode too i was hoping that didn't make it into the microphone but clearly since you both heard it it did <laughs> I wanted to ask just now about moving on into, like like you said, the meat of your job and like the day-to-day. -day. Um, you said it was different every day. But I was going to ask you, because you talked about, um, you talked about like uh, employee experience, especially like in, you know, their onboarding, but also through, throughout the year. What do you find makes a makes an employee want to stay or happy i'm sure there are a bunch of different um different answers and i'm sure everybody's a little bit different but we were just talking about company culture in our last episode so i'm curious to know like what if there are any general trends on what people are looking for yeah absolutely so people will tell you money that's mm -hmm. it's not the truth um <laughs> money's great and it helps what I think the number one reason people stay or leave at jobs is their manager. Interesting. If you do not like your manager, your your day-to-day -day is absolute garbage <laughs> and you will hate your life and you will look for a new job every single day until you find one. Um, if you have a phenomenal manager, which I have had in my in current and past and um you it the money will will not matter because you will be fulfilled in so many different ways so you'll be fulfilled in what you're doing day to day um your manager will be growing and developing you um i i, I still um i had this one manager um i was with her right out of college um, and I tell her all the time, like I owe her the world because she put all her eggs into my basket and made me grow into the professional that I am. And I am serious when I say that I would not be where I am without her guidance. Um, and I'm, I hope that one day I can guide someone the way that she guided me because, um, it is like hands down, you want to be successful, have a good manager. A follow-up to that that I'm kind of curious about is 
if you say that that's kind of the largest piece to keep someone uh, like happy and also just spirits high and morale high in, in a company, have you had to deal in your, you said six to seven years in the industry with um, maybe a relationship with a manager wasn't going so well, maybe you personally didn't deal with this complaint, but um, your department did. And if so, how did, how did that go, at least from your end? Yeah, so I can speak specifically. Um, I just recently, if in the last year, um, left a previous job and I can, I deal, dealt with it a lot in my last job. So um, in my last job, I was the head of um, HR for all of the retail stores for the brand that I worked with. Um, and so in retail, you have a lot of great managers and you have a lot of not so great managers, unfortunately. And so I had a lot of instances of not great managers. Um, and so you would see full stores turnover where there were days or weeks where we had to keep a store closed completely because a, a manager's team completely quit on them because they just couldn't stand with that relationship anymore. And so depending on the situation and the severity, uh, my role was to coach that in, that manager into how to be a better manager. Um, so I use tools, um, we call it a PIP, it's a performance improvement plan. And it's a specific improvement plan that has metrics and data to drive, you know, making sure that the manager is a great manager and continues on that trajectory. Um, so, you know, in that specific situation, um, you know, we're very sales driven um, as a retail organization. So making sure that first and foremost, the store manager is hitting their sales goals because we lead by example. And so if a store manager isn't hitting their sales goals, how are we ever going to expect that the rest of the team is going to hit their sales goals? Right. This relates to my next question of the pandemic brought a lot of changes to the work world <laughs> and uh, the way we think about work, the way we do work. And, you know, you kind of described your position as the bridge between the company or the administration and the employees. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how the different things that you you kind of oversee, you've talked about, you have your hand in benefits, you have your hand in leave of absence, you have your hand in, as we just talked about, the uh, work uh, workplace kind of morale and the climate in the workplace. Um, during the pandemic or the, over the last two years, how did you see those things change? And what did what were some obstacles or challenges that you that uh, had to face in the kind of evolving work world? Yeah, so I actually um, probably have a different outlook than many people do, but I found the pandemic to be a very positive thing for corporate America. Um, very positive. Um, so, you know, now we love optimism here. So that's great. <laughs> um, because uh, I will say, you know, personally for me and my husband, our work life balance has exponentially gotten better from the pandemic, the ability to work from home and not have to um, you know, spend time on either end of our workday commuting is absolutely huge um, for our quality of life. Um, we're lucky we live in a home where we have our own spaces and can both work from home and not interrupt each other for the most part um, mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but as for actually, um, you know, not just myself, but with my companies, um, one thing, again, it's super positive is we had a lot less employee relations issues. So when I say employee relations issues, that's so-and-so was mean to me today. This, you know, very high school guidance counselor. That's a big part of my job when I am in the office, unfortunately. Um, and so with people working from home, there was a lot less of that um, because people were just in their own space. Now, on the other end of that, there is a piece of camaraderie that is missing 
um, due to that as much as we would love for a Teams or a Zoom meeting to bring us all together. It's just not the same. Um, and so that's where you know my company, my husband's company, most companies at this point have gone to this hybrid model um, where we're in the office a few days a week, but we're also working from home um, majority of the week. Um, and it works out really well because you have that FaceTime with um, your colleagues, but then you also um, have those days where it's stress-free in the sense where you're not uh, commuting in. I find personally commuting a very stressful task and maybe I'm just a Rhode Islander that is used to only having to drive five minutes down the road. But you know, when you sit in traffic and you haven't even started your day yet, it's like, how am I gonna do eight hours and then sit in traffic on the way home? It's just not, I, I, to me, it's not a good quality of life. Um, and you're starting to see some companies go back to wanting people in the office five days a week. My personal outlook on that is if you're not willing to evolve, you're going to be left behind. And I think that corporate America will never truly go back to five days a week in an office. I, I personally just, I don't see that ever happening. I honestly, I really, uh, I like that perspective. I agree with, I share that perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, about getting left behind if you if you're put like people don't want to be in the office for the most part I don't want to generalize but mm -hmm. like yeah my I did have like a quick follow-up question to that do you have <laughs> any suggestions because I was gonna say um you actually took the question out of my mouth I, <laughs> I was just we were talking at the company I work for about that lack of camaraderie that can occur because of the whole working from home. And I'm a big advocate for being able to work from home. Um, mm -hmm. But do you have any suggestions? I guess one of them would be the hybrid model, which is something that we use too at, at the company I work for. But do you have any suggestions on how to keep that like team aspect of it um, when everybody's in their living room? Yeah, absolutely. I have a few. So one um, being when you're on a virtual meeting, like a Teams meeting, uh, sorry, I use Teams at work. I know a lot of we places do too. use Zoom, so I, I always both. resort to Teams. Um, when you're on a video conference like that, turn your camera on. Um, it just, when you have the, your camera off, um, it's, you don't know what's happening on the other side of the camera. Mm -hmm. People tend to multitask when they're not I mean, I'm guilty of it. I, I do it all the time. But uh, if I want, if I'm trying to build camaraderie and I'm running a meeting and I want to make sure that everyone is paying attention, I'll ask if everyone can put their cameras on. Um, and also, if I'm going to do that, I'll probably give them some notice because some people aren't comfortable just out of the blue putting a camera on. So if you just let them know, like, hey, we're going to be putting cameras on to, during tomorrow's meeting, be prepared. I think that's huge. Um, another thing, again, it goes back to being a good manager, but um, I definitely, as a manager, would encourage team meeting on some sort of cadence, whether it's a week, a month, once a month, um, once every other week, where you get on for 15, 20, 30 minutes, and you just say, like, how's it going? Like, how's life? outside of work so take 30 minutes out of your week or your month to say how's things going what have you been doing outside of work like take that step back because that shows a manager doing that shows that they care about you as a person not you as an employee i love that I like you said that, a lot. that because in our last episode we talked about as i mentioned what we're looking for in companies and what types of relationships we thrive or do better under in terms of a supervisor, a supervisee. And that was one of the things that we talked about is someone who can be a supervisor or a manager that can be real, not mm -hmm. just being like, how is the job? But hey, such and such is going on. How are you doing? Yeah. Um, and, and that's where you're not you're not going to get someone that does that every day. That's not realistic. But once a month, 
to take 30 minutes, you can do that. It's important. Gratitude is also super important. So again, these are things that managers really should be doing. It's hard to do this as an employee. I mean, you can still give gratitude, but it comes a lot, goes a lot further when it's coming from a manager. So um, I have this one manager right now that I think of and she told me she did this and I thought it was just the most amazing thing. She has um, 30 minutes on her calendar every Friday afternoon and she sends emails out to people that have been helpful to her that week and just says, thank you. Thank you so much. Not just in her department, in other departments so that they feel the gratitude from the head of a department. Like this isn't someone that's just the manager of a call center. Like she is a manager of a very large piece of my organization. And she takes 30 minutes out of her week to just give gratitude. I love that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. When I worked at, um, when I interned at Born This Way Foundation, they did once a week. Um, it Sometimes it was more than that. It was just like a, a 15, 30 minute check-in um, just it either had a prompt or it was just how are you doing and it was it mm-hmm. had nothing to do with work but yeah. I mean given that they're a mental health organization it, it you know ties into their work but it was really for them and for us and it was awesome yeah it absolutely makes a difference and so I I think a way that I wanted to close out our conversation today I think it goes along our theme of the podcast which is like the reason we started was Nick and I both graduated college and we were like okay how do we navigate the world after college and we've been talking about doing that and trying to figure out our our way and lately I've been trying to figure out what my career is going to be like and so I guess to end our conversation today my last question for you Courtney is do you have any advice for our audience is, I think our, the big chunk of our audience is people in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. And so they're starting out in their career, whatever it might be. They might even change careers, uh, you know, along the path. But do you have any advice, both as someone who, you know, graduated college, not even though you might think it is not too <laughs> long ago, um, but also someone who works in um, your type of position where you're, where you're talking about employee, um, like, just moods and morale and Mm -hmm. as you said involved in the hiring but um what advice do you have for people when they're trying to figure out what they want to do in this great big world of ours what should they pay attention to and um, what should they prioritize yeah um so my advice is to never say no um that personally worked really well for me um you don't have to know what you want to do when you graduate but if you say no to things you're closing doors and so When you say yes to everything, you open yourself up to a lot of different opportunities and it grows your personal portfolio um, and you're able to get exposure to different things. And that's what sets you up for success long term, in my opinion. Well, once again, Courtney, thank you so much for being here again. We're, we have you at the end of your workday talking about what you do for work. But um, hopefully after this, you have just plans to relax. Hopefully Will, hi Will, is uh, mm-hmm. cooking you up some nice dinner. Uh, Nick, if you ever are at a family gathering of mine and Will is cooking, you consider yourself blessed. He's he's quite the chef. Um, as, as you say, he, he really does cook at a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> he does have it. the best meatballs i have a request you're both gonna kill me you're you're both gonna kill me justin's gonna kill me for asking this but i don't know if you've listened to episode 18 but it was named after one of your famous lines could we get a five golden rings before you leave oh of course but do but i don't have the other lines but i can do it should we wait should we should we cue her up like i forget like should we do like Go down what comes from... before five six what <laughs> six uh, if you could six. just say on the fifth day of christmas okay 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 ready nick we'll do that together 
Actually, okay. no, you Nick, you do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll we'll add a little bit in. So what is what is it on? All you all you have to all say, have to is, say is on the fifth day of Christmas. Christmas. My true love gave to me, and then I I've got the got the rest. Okay. Justin is gonna do it because he is part of the Martins family. <laughs> Fine. Ready? On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings. That was everything. <laughs> that is three two and a partridge in a pear tree. Thank you. That was everything we ever needed. You're welcome. The fans are going to love it. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. We should make that the cold open, honestly. Yeah. Just start the episode like that. Surprise! (laughs) It's Christmas in July. Or it's August. It's not even July anymore. Christmas in August. (laughs) Anyway, on that note, my name is Justin Dew. And I'm Nick Gervasi. And you can reach us at our email, pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com, or by sending us a voice message on our website, anchor.fm forward slash pointofdew. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at pointofdewpodcast and Twitter at pointofdew. If you enjoy our show, give us a rating or review in the Apple Podcast Store or share us with a friend or family member. We really appreciate it and are truly grateful for all of your support. As always, we hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Courtney. And until next time. Again. But this time the colors will not be the same